Hello everyone, this is Shireen Gentry with the Identity Unveiled podcast. At the suggestion of a friend, I'm actually going to be doing some random bonus episodes that have to do with life coaching and counseling. Um, This in no means is to replace any kind of counseling or therapy that you might need or want to get or are having. Uh, but rather more informational and teaching. And so today's uh, bonus episode is actually going to be on one of my areas of life coaching, stress management. So here's the good news and here's the bad news. The bad news is uh, we are not taught how really to manage stress in our lives. The good news is, and this is what I want you to rely on, is the fact that we can all learn. We can all make changes to manage the stress in our lives. So how do we go about this? Well, first of all, let me just speak broadly. In our American culture, we are a hectic, hectic society and culture. We are on the move. Um, We don't sleep well. Um, We have hit record highs of anxiety and depression. And at some point we have to just sit back and say, what has happened along the way? If you have ever visited another country, uh, whether it's uh, in Europe or elsewhere abroad, you will see that the stress level in many of these places is nothing compared to what it is in our country. So let's just talk about it today. And I want to hit some of the hot spots or the main topics regarding stress. Now, first of all, it is a multifaceted uh, concept. So I'm just going to be hitting some of the things that I think are most important for you today. And the first thing is, um, what is stress? Well, first of all, we know that a certain amount of stress is actually good for us. Well, what do I mean by that? Well, if you think of the bell curve, think of the left side of the curve where you may have some anxiety, all right? Well, good stress in the sense that um, it propels us, it motivates us to get our work done, our to-do list accomplished. So a small amount of manageable stress is actually beneficial for us. Where it gets detrimental is when it hits the top of the curve and then goes back down on the other side Um, we start to see some negative effects of the stress in our lives. So I'll be talking about how it shows up and then what do you do to manage it? Well, first of all, what is stress? So it can be very individualistic. What stresses me out may not stress you out at all. Um, But primarily speaking, there are different kinds of stress. So what are they? The first kind of stress is what we call eustress. Eustress can be those good things in our life that occur, but that still cause stress. So what are some examples? Well, this would be moving into a new home, moving into a new city, getting married, uh, going off to college. You know, these are the wonderful life transitions that we look forward to, but yet there's still some stress regarding that transition. That's eustress. The second kind of stress is distress. Distress is really more or less when uh, your day starts off like any other day 
and then you get information that literally makes you stop in your tracks. Uh, it can be a health report. It can be the condition of a loved one. You know, these are major life stressors, um, a loss of some kind, um, the death of a, a loved one. These are major life stressors. And remember that stress comes in really two different packages. We have our minor stressors, which may be the day-to-day -day things that occur in our lives. And then we have those major stressors, which would be where de-stress, distress comes into play when just something really just stops our normal day-to-day -day routine. So there's eustress, distress, and then the third kind of stress, which we usually don't think too much about, but boy, there's a lot of information out now for chronic stress. Chronic stress is that low-grade stress that continues indefinitely. Now, don't think for one minute that chronic stress is not as harmful as distress. In fact, we now know that um, you know, chronic stress that continues for a long period of time can be just as detrimental on our physical, our emotional well-being as even those major stressors that come our way. So let's talk about the effects of stress. Well, I want you to think of a, a counseling paradigm. It's actually a word uh, in the counseling realm. It's not a real word, but you'll understand what it means in just a minute. But it's a long, long word that stands for the different parts of who we are. And it's actually the biopsychosocio-spiritual model, which counseling uses to address the compartments, the different parts of who we are. The bio stands for the biological, the physical part. The psycho is the emotional, the mind part. The socio is talking about the people in our lives. And then the spiritual part, um, you know, are we able to transcend our experiences for a deeper meaning uh, in life? So, first of all, the effects. Well, we do know that on our body, the bio part, is that stress affects our immune system. Uh, you know, think about chronic stress, you know, a daily wearing away of our immune system. It actually affects our brain. It affects our cardiovascular system. It increases our um, risk for mood disorders. Um, so there is a lot that happens on the physical, physiological level uh, of when we have uncontrolled stress in our life. And it can show up in different ways. Um, my husband is a professional. He sometimes has patients who come to him where stress has settled in a part of their head and neck. Uh, they think that there's something uh, professionally going on when after examination there's not. Um, actually, it's, it's stress that has settled in that part of the body that he treats. Um, so 10 times out of 10, when he realizes it's not a professional issue, he will ask the person, the patient, what is going on in your life right now? It just so happens that the stress in their life has actually settled in that part of the body. Um, yes, it feels real, um, but the point being, your body is a trap for stress. So we know that it affects our bodies on many, many levels. 
the psychological part is how are we interpreting what's going on in our life right now? What is our mind doing for us? How is that affecting? How is our self-talk? How is uh, the way we are interpreting a certain stressor? Is that um, benefiting us psychologically? And sometimes it is what it is. People live through some very horrific things. But what we tell ourselves about that stressor in our life is going to be crucial for being able to move forward from it. Um, the third part of that word, the socio part, is, you know, if you have a minor stressor or a major stressor, who are the people in your life that you can request help from? Um, you know, I've been talking to a lot of friends right now who are going through caregiving with their parents. And it's very interesting to me as an observation that um, these people that are born between 1921 and 1944, they're actually called the silent generation. One of the, the points or the, the um, uh, characteristics of this generation is that they do not ask for help. You know, they have been taught um, that you handle things on your own, you handle things privately, it's no one else's business, and when you need to address the issue, well, you will. Um, and so this has been one of the recurring themes in my friends who are now trying to do some caregiving with their aging parents. So. The biological part, the socio, uh, psychological part, the sociological part, and then the spiritual part. So what do we do? Um, we know that stress affects our body, our minds, our relationships, our spiritual life. So what do we do? As a life coach, life coaching is about action. So what kind of actions can you take to reduce or manage the stress better in your life. Here are some things that I want you to think about. And we're actually going to go back to that counseling model, that biopsychosocio-spiritual model. First of all, we know from the, the um, disciplines of neuroscience, counseling, and life coaching, there are simple things you can do for your physiological, your physical being to manage the stress. From a, a neurological, neuroscience standpoint, all it takes is a 20-minute brisk walk. Um, and if, if COVID has affected you, maybe what you're doing on a day-to-day -day basis, um, if, I don't know if you're living where I am, but um, our gyms are only gonna be opening up this Friday. I think our state has been the very last to open up gyms, so I have, gotten in the habit of doing a lot of walking during COVID, but just a 15 to 20 minute brisk walk actually reduces the cortisol levels. So that's another thing about how stress affects your physical being. Cortisol is the dangerous um, hormone in your body, which we produce um, in natural amounts. If we are under stress, we produce way more than we should. So we know that from a physical standpoint, a brisk walk reduces that cortisol level. Drinking water reduces that cortisol level. And guess what? Um, when 
we have too much cortisol, this goes into the next section, the psychological part of our being. When we have too much cortisol in our bodies, you know what happens to your, your brain, your mind? You actually have short-term memory loss. Okay, I, I knew this. This showed up for me when I was caregiving my parents 20 years ago. I would start to tell my friends something. They would stop me and say, Shireen, you've already told us that. And I had absolutely no recollection, no memory of that whatsoever. So um, please, even on a very simple, small level, get, it, get some outdoor walking. Um, if the weather's getting slightly cooler where you are, just do it. Uh, you can't afford not to. Drink that water. Keep it in front of you at all times. Very simple actions, very simple choices have big, big benefits. Um, now, the psychological part. You need to pay attention to what you are telling yourself about the stressors in your life. It doesn't mean that you're Pollyannish about it. It doesn't mean that you minimize it but we have to be very careful about how you're interpreting it. Um, and remember that beliefs are hard to spot. Um, if you have been raised in a family or during an era where you just manage things on your own and you have continued that, well, keep in mind when stress hits, you will still manage it just like you did in those earlier, much younger years, unless you learn to challenge it. And how we talk to ourselves about the stress in our lives right now is crucial for moving forward from it. So watching your self-talk. Let me give you an example. Um, if you have lost your job during this COVID pandemic, um, what you want to do is to make sure you don't um, make your self-talk catastrophic, meaning, oh, this is the worst thing that could ever have happened to me. I'll never get on my feet again. Um, you know, I'm going to have to file for bankruptcy. You know, it's that kind of self-talk that you really need to be guarded on. Um, when my husband's office was hit with, um, you know, the governor's uh, orders for our state. Um, he had to basically shut down his practice, had to furlough his hygienist. And so, you know, it was what it was, you know, you don't want to minimize a hard time, but you know, what he would tell himself and what we would talk through is, well, this is a season of time for now. This is what it looks like, but we look forward to the day where we can open back up I can treat my patients um, and we can kind of get on with life. Do you see the difference? So you've got to be very careful about that psychological component because it can either put you in a healthy place or a very unhealthy place. So what is the third part of that paradigm? The bio, the psycho, the socio. Well, again, depending on what your stressor is, you need to surround yourself with the people that care about you, that can share the burden. Um, you know, and like I had a call from a friend today who we're, we're actually both kind of stressed out about something. 
but we have actually no control whatsoever. So I encouraged her in this particular situation to do exactly what I've done. Um, you know what? You talk to your spouse about it. If you've got emotions that are all over the place, sit down and not that you even have to brainstorm for a solution. Because remember, sometimes whatever it is that's stressing you out is actually outside of your control. But you don't want to really just suppress and repress your emotions and your feelings about it. So talk to a trusted person, your spouse, a best friend. I would encourage you not to vent on social media. Uh, don't put it out there for you know everybody to see. Keep that circle tight and closed. Um, but who's on your team? Who's willing to listen to you? Who's willing to hear you out? And remember that in times of stress, we want to draw closer to the people in our lives, right? So if you're married, don't let that stress pull you apart. You actually want to make intentional strides into that marriage relationship because that's where you need to be drawing um, your strength in your time of stress. So draw to each other, not away from each other. And then the spiritual component. Um, I love the verse that says, cast all your care on him because he cares for you. My paraphrase is vent to God. And I encouraged my friend on the phone earlier today. Um, I said, look, acknowledge your feelings to your spouse. Thank you for your call to me. It goes nowhere. No one is going to know that we even talked. Um, but acknowledge your feelings, acknowledge your emotions, Talk to your spouse, but vent to God, okay? This is a great stress reliever. Um, find a verse that means something to you, um, that just speaks to the deepest parts of your soul. When you have no control over a situation and you actually can't take action in it because even though it's stressing you out, um, you actually have no control to do anything in it, you surrender it to God. So again, the biopsychosocio-spiritual model that helps relieve us um, and lighten that burden of stress. So what are some other life coaching, counseling um, concepts that you can incorporate into this? Listen to this. You need to be a student of yourself. What are your strengths? If you have not taken some, some sort of personality inventory please do so. Um, one of the websites that I love, it's called AuthenticHappiness.com. You can actually take a VIA strengths assessment. I'm trying to remember, I took it several years ago. It's around 25 minutes long. It's worth every second. Be a student of yourself. Why is this important? Whether it's an Enneagram assessment, a DISC assessment, Myers-Briggs, or VIA strengths, or even the strengths finder, uh, Clifton strengths. Please get to know your strengths. Get to know yourself because you rely on your strengths in a time of stress. This is how you have been hardwired, so you want to rely on your strengths. Number two, think about your values. Now, if you're really interested, email me at hopeunveiled at gmail. I actually have a core value assessment. 
which um, forces you to nail down uh, your top five core values. And it will take a little while for you to do this and not all in one sitting. Um, you actually need to step away from it um, and then come back to it again. But you need to know what your core values are. It's amazing to me the people who are living their life and their day-to-day -day routine actually does not match up at all with the things, the values that are most important to them. So to live a life that's not true to your values actually creates a whole lot of stress in your life because there's a disconnect. Um, when you're living from your values, you're going to be motivated um, every single day because you wake up with a reason, a purpose, something bigger than you are, um, and it's actually coinciding beautifully with what you hold to be valuable in your own life. Um, during COVID or any other time, look for some healthy distractions. So I meant to mention this earlier. What aggravates the stress in our life? Well, watch. we need to watch our self-talk, which is crucial. I've already addressed that. But we also need healthy behaviors. All right. So what happens in a time of stress? Well, this can go in any kind of direction. We can turn to the bottle, alcohol. We can turn to drugs. We can turn to inappropriate sex. We can turn to um, overeating or overspending. I mean, any kind of addiction that you can think of. We also know that addictions are on the rise right now. All right, abuse is on the rise right now. But in a time of stress, you need some healthy behaviors that don't aggravate the stress in your life. You're troubling your trouble when you actually pull from one of these negative coping behaviors. So you want healthy behaviors and healthy distractions. Even distractions, uh, let me give you a personal example. Um, my husband and I brought home a little rescue kitty last night. All right, it's been a little over a year since we had to put down our sweet little cat last summer. And we just decided that we were now ready. Well, you know what? This is a healthy distraction. It puts you in a healthy place. It makes you feel good. I tell my clients to create a top 10 list. These can be simple things. It can be reading a book, listening to music, planting flowers, pet therapy, riding a horse. Um, you name it. Simple, simple things that are top behaviors that can be your reserve. Um, even for me, sitting out on, in the sun um, and listening to music. I mean, music is an amazing uh, coping skill, right? But something very simple, a distraction that we can pull from. So rely on your strengths. Live true to your values. Pick healthy coping behaviors and healthy distractions. Create a top 10 list. Pray for what you can't control. Seriously. Pray for what you can't control. Acknowledge your feelings and emotions, but don't let them um, drive the car. So for instance, if you're stressed out and you're angry right now, um, we do know that anger is a, a secondary emotion, which is actually kind of neutral. Where we get into trouble is when this anger is channeled in a negative way. It prepare, Anger prepares us for action but when it's channeled in a negative way, that's where harmful things come into play. Um, so 
you want to channel your anger in a different way, you also want to acknowledge what the primary um, emotion is underneath the anger. It could be any number of things. Um, if you're interested, please Google um, anger iceberg or um, primary emotions um, under anger, something like that. It could be disappointment. It could be embarrassment. It could be um, any number of things. It could be fear. So uh, it's always helpful to know what's underneath the anger um, that makes you, um, you know, that makes you angry. So handle it in a positive way. Um, these are just a few things that I wanted to touch on regarding stress. And again, the great news is, regardless of where you've been, what season of life you're in, you can learn to incorporate new ways of coping with the stress. Sometimes it's just as simple as um, you know, scheduling things. Are you a yes person? If you say yes to everything, then guess what? You're gonna have too much on your plate. So it's helpful to identify what it is that's going on um, and just weed out the unnecessary things in your life, okay? Weed out those things that aren't true to your value, your purpose, or take priority. Uh, if you have any questions, please, I welcome your email. Direct it to me at hopeunveiled at gmail, and I look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, this is Shireen Gentry with the Identity Unveiled podcast. And remember, you may be having stress in your life, but whatever it is, whether it's stress, death, um, whatever this major life stressor is, this is not your identity. It's simply your experience for now. So until next time, this is Shireen with the Identity Unveiled podcast.